Hi, and welcome to NACIO Voices, where we talk all things state IT. I'm Amy Glasscock in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Alex Whitaker in Washington, D.C. Today, we have a very special guest on the podcast, me. Yeah. Today, we're talking to Alex about NACIO's 2023 federal advocacy priorities. That's right. I'm going to talk about NACIO's congressional and regulatory agenda for 2023, what we hope to accomplish, and how we hope to do it. How exciting. Okay, Alex, are you ready to get started? Let's go. Before we get into the actual priorities, can you tell me a little more about your role and what government advocacy means for CIOs, CISOs, and CPOs? Sure. So my official title at NASIO is government affairs director, you know, and it's not chief lobbyist or federal affairs, whatever. It's, you know, it's, it's government affairs. And, and the reason we use that term is because government affairs and advocacy, at least at NASIO, encompasses a lot. It's not just talking to Congress. It's not just talking to the federal agencies. It's really representing our constituencies, which is CIOs and CISOs and CPOs, to lots of sort of different arms of the federal government. And before coming to NACIO, I was legislative director at the National Governors Association. So um, I have spent a lot of time in my career, which has included NGA and NACIO, but also working directly on the Hill for a member of Congress, representing, especially at NGA and now at NACIO, is in, in representing state needs and state priorities to our federal partners. And a lot of times in D.C., when you're sort of going up to the Hill and, and you're talking to folks in uh, congressional offices, you get sort of a, a blank stare when you start talking about the role of, of the states and, and state priorities when it comes to um, creating federal federal legislation and federal regulations. But of course, it's, it's absolutely critical that's, that states be represented. We saw during COVID with the infrastructure bill, with a lot of these big pieces of legislation that have been passed over the year, Congress is creating sometimes unfunded mandates, sometimes not. There's been a lot of federal funding going to the states in recent years, um, but a lot of conditions created for the states. And so it's always really important that policymakers and our partners on the Hill, and again, in, in regulatory agencies, know what, what are the actual implications of the policy that they're creating. So for us at NACIO, that means that when we're going up to the Hill and, and talking to our partners, be it CISA or DHS or Department of Labor or wherever, that we're able to represent what CIOs and CISOs and CPOs need. So we've got these new four federal priorities. Um, we'll talk about them in a minute. But what they're intended to do is represent to our federal partners what CIOs and CISOs and CPOs need and, and what's going on in the states when it comes to, to technology policy and procurement and cybersecurity. Okay, got it. That makes a lot of sense. So. Now that we have the context, can you tell me a little bit about the 2023 priorities, what's new, and what's staying the same? Sure. So um, when I first started at NACIO, I was really impressed by how you know a brief and concise and really to the point the priorities are. We only have four. I'll go through um, all four of them just very quickly, um, and then we can talk a little bit about what they are. But the four priorities are, one, is continued adoption of .gov being essential for states. Two is harmonizing disparate federal cybersecurity regulations. Three, and regular listeners of the podcast will not be surprised by this one, but ensuring responsible implementation of the state and local cybersecurity grant program. And then finally, we have a new one, which is expanding and strengthening the state cyber workforce. Now, that one is replacing a previous priority, which was expanding broadband deployment and reforming FCC mapping methodology. So we'll talk a little bit more in depth about these, but let me just sort of quickly, if I could, give a, a 
quick, you know, definition or, or um, justification for these. .gov domain is absolutely, we think, essential for, for helping to secure government and making sure that citizens are, are getting the best digital experience they can. NASIO has had a lot of great success here. We were really instrumental in getting the fee eliminated for entities to adopt .gov, uh, but there's still a lot of work to do. Um, CISA has recently added staff and personnel to help continue with this mission. So, so we really want to kind of keep pushing the message and necessity of adopting .gov. So, so that's staying the same, not changing that one. Second is harmonizing disparate federal cybersecurity regulations. Again, we've made a lot of progress here, and we've been really encouraged by a lot of what's what's happened in the federal government to sort of synthesize and make sure that these cybersecurity regulations are, I, I want to say streamlined, but but that they're sort of, um, <laughs> that states really understand what the, what the requirements are. So we're going to sort of keep working there. Again, I made a joke, but it is clear, it is true that we do talk about the state and local cybersecurity grant program every chance we get. We are now in a stage now, of course, this was passed with the infrastructure bill that CISA put out, uh, CISA and FEMA put out the um, the guidance for this program. States are now submitting their cybersecurity plans for review by CISA. Some of those plans have been approved. So now we're in this implementation phase, which is really important because it's a, it's a really important program. It's a lot of money going to the states and localities to implement cybersecurity protections. So we're, we're really excited to keep working with our partners, um, both at CISA and FEMA and on the Hill about this program. Even though the guidance is out, it doesn't mean that the work is over. So I will stop with those three. Those are those are really just been kind of updated, but certainly reflect a, a continued dedication to those. But of course, we can talk more about the state cyber workforce one. Yeah, yeah, let's absolutely do that. Um, tell us about this newest edition, cyber workforce. Sure. So I, I say all the time that you really cannot have a conversation with any CIO or CISO without them mentioning their workforce constraints. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's it's sort of, it's almost, I, I think it's well known. Um, it's a competition for talent. Um, states often just can't compete with the private sector in, in terms of pay, but there are other issues as well. It's sort of updating, the need to update job descriptions to sort of address maybe a pre-COVID mindset that, that work always has to be done in the office. So there's all kinds of issues around attracting talent that CIOs and CISOs are are really battling with and that we need to to start addressing. Um, So, so far, we've talked with partners in Congress um, about the need for this. There's a lot of widespread agreement, agreements on both sides of the aisle, which is always important for a a group like NASIOs to make sure that we've got support from both Republicans and Democrats, and a real appetite, I think, this Congress to, to hopefully address this. There are some things we're recommending. One is expanding the uh, scholarship for service program. Um, that's a that's a really important way to help get more folks into the cybersecurity workforce pipeline. But it's also, I think, just sort of addressing the cybersecurity workforce issue in a holistic way. Um, there's a lot of sort of one-off, smaller bills that that might address smaller niche issues. But we think that we can really work to kind of get some comprehensive action on this too. And then the other thing I'll say is that this is one of those issues where a lot of times states and the federal government may be coming at issues from sort of different different ways and and um the, the the solutions might be sort of all I don't want to say all over the place but not a lot of commonality but in this one I think you really see a lot of similarities in what the states and the federal government what their challenges are um, and even though they're going to be competing I think for the same workforce and, and the same talented individuals um, the problems are the same and so I think it's just a great issue where we could work together with our federal partners to, to start to address some of the workforce concerns so um, long-winded way of saying we're really excited about that this year and are really hoping to to get some movement and get folks um, into the into the cyber workforce. 
Yeah, that's great. And I'll just add that we hear the same thing from the chief privacy officers, too. They're also having a hard time finding qualified staff and competing with the private sector. So, yeah, no. So I, I was I realized I was remiss for not mentioning CPOs as well, because, of course, they're absolutely having having those issues, too, for such a specialized field. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So now that we know what the priorities are, can you tell me how NASIO plans to advocate for them? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, I've mentioned a few times working with partners in, on the Hill and the federal agencies. Um, you know, NASIO does not have a PAC. We're not writing checks. What our strengths are is in the, the folks that we represent in the states who really have in the trenches, in the field experience with a lot of the problems that that Congress is legislating on and that the federal government is writing regulations on. So it's it's positioning NASIO and our membership to be a resource for those folks who are writing policies. So that's kind of number one, and it's building on those relationships. And and that's a, a very broad way of saying that we're you know, talking to folks in the Hill and, and in, at federal agencies to communicate problems and issues and being a resource for them. So in addition to talking to folks in the Hill and regulatory agencies, we work really closely with our partner associations to help represent this too. Um, the, the ones that come out first to mind are National Governor Association and National Conference of State Legislatures, National Association of Counties and League of Cities. I mean, I, I could really go on, um, but we find a collaborative approach in working with our partners that are experiencing a lot of the other the issues that we are as well when it comes to cybersecurity and IT procurement and everything else to create this sort of big tent approach to, to really convey a lot of the, the issues and obstacles that we're trying to confront. So it's it's working with Congress, it's working with experts in the federal government to position NASIO as a, as a resource, and then also working collaboratively with our partners. So those are part of the things that we're doing. Um, that's the, the, the sort of 30,000 foot level. But when it gets down to it as well, we'll be having a, a virtual fly-in in March. That was a COVID innovation, which is one that I'm a big fan of, where we can invite members of Congress and, and heads of federal agencies to come and talk to our memberships. And it's meetings and it's, it's doing all the other things folks in DC do when they're trying to have conversations with policymakers. So it's, it promises to be a very busy year for NASA. Okay. Perfect. So, of course, uh, I would imagine these aren't the only four issues that NASA will be focused on this year, right? That's correct. It's it's going to be a busy year focusing on these four, but certainly not the only things that we'll be talking about. I, I had someone ask me the other day, why is zero trust not included in here? In no way does it mean that NASIO is not going to going to be working on zero trust as well and a number of other issues. These are just the four that are they're perennial issues that always come up for us, as well as sort of reflect what, what we think is going to have some bipartisan attention over the next year. So certainly not the only four. Um, we always have other issues that we'll be working on. And I will use use this opportunity to say too to any folks who are listening who may be NASIO members. If there are things you'd like to talk about, let me know. We're always looking for other things that, that are important for our membership. And so no, by by no means is this going to be are they, will these be the only four things we're talking about this year. Yeah, that's great. And of course, like any issue, we have to prioritize things or we would be running around in circles and never get anything done. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's right. All right, great. Well, finally, where can people read more about the federal advocacy priorities? in full. So they will be on our website. Uh, we'll have those uploaded um, very soon if they're not already up there. And then, of course, again, just to reiterate, um, if you'd like to discuss them with me in more detail, you're welcome to reach out to me. I'm sure my, my email address is on our website. So Great. Perfect. And this podcast is coming out on Wednesday, January 11th. And uh, this is the day they'll be released, correct? That's correct. Yeah, they should. If by the time this is out, they'll probably be up. Okay, great. All right. And we'll also be sure to put them in the show notes so you can look there for the link. Okay, Alex, before we let you go, not even you can avoid the... 
lightning round. You know the drill. I'll ask you three fun questions about life outside of work. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. I'm not going to try to like guilt you or bully you into having any New Year's resolutions because that was the first question I thought of. But we'll just ask, (laughs) do you have any travel plans in the new year? Good. Well, first off, thank you because I am done making resolutions every year. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) I'm being more goal-focused. Yes, Um, smart goals. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, I do have some travel plans. In mid-February, I am going to London for four days to see my favorite um, soccer, football team, whatever you want to call it, Tottenham Hotspur play a game. And I mentioned this on the first podcast and, and the reactions where some people gave me grief, some people <laughs> celebrated my, my team selection, but that's that's what I'm doing in, in February. So I'm very excited about it. Sounds perfect. You going by yourself, taking the family, going with the friends? I am actually going by myself. My uh, my son is two and a half. My daughter is one. And so as much as I one day am really excited to take them to a game, um, I don't think they'd enjoy it right now. So probably a smart move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's January. Not one of my favorite months, maybe because I'm not from like Maine or something. Um, CIO Fred Britton would probably say this is his favorite time of year. But from my perspective, it's a bit dreary. So what do you like to do to get through the dreary winter months? Well, you know, we are lucky in D.C. We have a pretty temperate climate even through the winter. So um, for me, I think I like those long, cold, like winter runs. Those are Ooh. when it's like a sunny day. So those are those are helpful. It gets outside for an hour or so and uh and that's that 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 helps me because we only I mean, maybe a few weeks of the year is it actually too cold to really do much outside. Yeah, that sounds like torture. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say that last winter I took up skiing with my family. And uh, so at least that's something to look forward to, like post holidays. It's like, OK, we can we get to do that. And that's the only time of year we can do it. So, uh huh. Yeah. All right. So uh, question three, aside from necessities like food and water, obviously, what is one thing you can't go through the day without? You know, I know it says food and water, but I'm going to be specific and say coffee. And I know that's the most basic, (laughs) silly answer. Like I know everyone, but um, it's really in, 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 in stark relief for me because recently our coffee machine broke in the morning and it was just a, it was an absolute nightmare of a morning. So (laughs) I'm just going to say coffee. This is the nearest coffee shop. We got to get there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Can't yeah. start there without it. And, you know, again, cliche, everyone says it, but it, I, I really mean it. Well, you know, we have addictions. It's hard to just go yeah. cold turkey. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Alex. Well, thanks for, for those answers. That was actually pretty speedy for a lightning round. And um, thank you for the overview of NASA's federal advocacy priorities. Again, we'll put a link in the show notes and encourage everybody to go take a look. Thank you. Really looking forward to the year and the new Congress. And um, and, and we're excited about what we're going to accomplish. Great. Thanks again for listening to NASIO Voices. NASIO Voices is a production of the National Association of State Chief Information Officers. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Bye.